Daily news and analysis. We keep you informed and inspired. This is World Today. Hello and welcome to World Today. I'm Ding Han in Beijing. Coming up, China promises more support to boost economic recovery. Israeli government votes to limit Supreme Court powers amid massive protests. China urges Japan not to disrupt chip industry after technological curbs take effect, and NASA scientists say 2024 will probably be hotter than this year because of El Nino. To listen to this episode again or to catch up on previous episodes, download our podcast by searching World Today. Senior leaders of the Communist Party of China have held a meeting to analyze the country's economic situation and set out the economic work for the second half of the year. The meeting was presided over by General Secretary Xi Jinping of the Communist Party of China Central Committee. Zhu Luoman has the details. The Politburo said the national economy has continued to recover and laid a good foundation towards achieving the annual economic and social development goals. Members emphasized the need to establish a new development pattern, comprehensively deepen reform and opening up, and continue to strengthen macroeconomic policies and expand domestic demand. Technological innovation, furthering the development of small and medium-sized enterprises, and stabilizing the exchange rate was also highlighted during the meeting. They discussed matters relating to expanding domestic demand through income increase. And stimulating consumption in various sectors such as automobiles, electronics, household goods, sports, culture, and tourism. As for foreign trade and investment, several measures were put forward, such as increasing international flights and ensuring the stable operation of China-Europe freight trains. Participants of the meeting also stressed the need to support the integration of digital economy and manufacturing, as well as the importance of the safe development of artificial intelligence. They called on free trade zones and ports to follow international high standard economic and trade rules. They also stressed the importance of the Third Belt and Road Initiative International Cooperation Summit Forum, which will take place in China later this year. That was my colleague Zhu Luoman reporting. Now, for more, my colleague Zhao Yang spoke with Dr. Zhou Mi, senior research fellow with the Chinese Academy of International Trade and Economic Cooperation. The meeting analyzed the current economic situation and make arrangements for the economic work in the second half of this year. So, what's your main takeaway from it, and what message has been sent? Actually, from the meeting, we know that the performance of the first half of the year is okay. There are many challenges, but actually, we are still having some good aspects to to address for the first half of of this year. Well, for the second half of the year, it is still very hard for us to trying to to、uh, have a more resilient recovery because we are facing many challenges.、Mm. So in this regard, I think this meeting has sent us a very clear signal that we are not only trying to do something by ourselves. We should trying to cooperate with many partners in the world and trying to integrate different resources to address the challenges and have more balance on the different、uh, sectors and、uh, source of.、Uh, Recovery for the economy. The meeting has called for an expansion of domestic demand by increasing residents' income to boost consumption. So, what other measures could be introduced to see a boost in domestic demand and consumption? Do you think? Yeah,、uh, from the several months in the past, we know that consumption is playing a very important role compared with many other pillars of the development. Actually, it is one of the most important source for China's economy's recovery after the COVID. So, if we are trying to address this problem, I think that meeting has sent it. It's a very、uh, clear signal that、uh, consumption is not only about something to do with、uh, you know the efforts to trying to expand the the scenarios for the consumption, but actually is trying to improve the income of the people. So,、uh, in this regard, I believe that、uh, we will trying to make more、uh, strength. On the employment and trying to create different kind of scenarios for the people to improve their abilities to consume.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, in this regard, I will also say that、uh, for the consumption, it is not only、uh, because of China's own capacities of、uh, producing things, but also trying to improve the abilities for import from many other countries with. 
will also provide different uh, kinds of products that the consumers may choose from them. And the meeting also emphasized the strong support will be given to science and technological innovation, the real economy, and the development of the micro, small, and medium-sized enterprises. So, how do you explain that? Yeah, we know that uh, small and medium-sized enterprises are always、uh, very important drivers for the innovation because they are smaller and they are more、uh, energetic. I think in this regard, they are trying to find out what are the opportunities. But in the past several years, we see there are so many challenges、uh, from the supply chain, from the pressures from different countries. Well, that has、uh, make it、uh, more difficult for the SMEs trying to find those opportunities. So in this regard, I, I believe that we should try to improve their abilities by having a more stable environment, not only、uh, from the other countries, but Mainly, I think that at at least one of the main areas is in China.、Mm. So we can try to improve their abilities for the innovation and cooperate with the bigger ones, the bigger companies. And in this regard, the the economic environment for the development and the innovation will be better. Mm-hmm. And the meeting also stressed the need to support the integration of digital economy and manufacturing, as well as the importance of the safe development of artificial intelligence. So, Dr. Joe, where do you see the future of the digital economy headed for the rest of this year? I think it's a、uh, very hot in the first half of the year, and many companies are trying to discover or set up their own abilities in the artificial intelligence. In this regard, I believe that uh, uh, there may be two ways. The first one is uh, that uh, this technology, new technology, is trying to develop as their own track, trying to improve the efficiency and to. Resolves the bigger or more difficult problems by dealing with more data. Well, the second is that、uh, this technology and uh, uh, complete uh, with some tools for the digital tools, they can help the traditional、uh, manufacturing to transfer from the the old one to the new one. And this will also integrate not only the manufacturing but also the services to trying to support the development of the economy and also the businesses.、Mm. And the meeting also pledged to invigorate the capital market and boost investors' confidence. So, what efforts can be made on this front, and how important is the capital market to boost the economy, especially the private economy? In the modern economy, we know that the capital market is a very important place for the companies to collect. Or to to have the money from the market, from the potential investors. So this is a very important source for them to trying to 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 get more money, and then they can put into operation or the innovation. So for the capital market, it's original ways like that. But we know in the recent years, it is also a very important、uh, flag or signals for the、uh, market to decide what the what the performance of the enterprises. So if the capital market is Getting better, the investors may be more confident, and they would like to do more investment in the capital market. Well, in this regard, it is helpful for the also the market to recover,、uh, have better、uh, confidence in the investment. So the capital market is one of the most important things for China, especially when the time come that we are seeing more interactions between Chinese domestic capital market and the international ones. As for China, we are getting more. Opener. We should try not only to do something、mm-hmm. only on the real economies, but also on those things in the capital market、uh, that is important.、Mm. And Dr. Zhou, so what's the external environment for China's、uh, foreign trade or imports and exports in the second half of this year? What can be done to stabilize the country's foreign trade and investment under the complex environment? Actually, for the first half of this year, I think the external environment is not that good. So, in this regard, you can see that the first half of this year, as for the export of China's,、uh, is not that strong compared with the previous years. But I, I, I believe that、uh, maybe in the Uh, it is dependent on the actions of the governments, not only for China. If we can try to be, to strengthen the cooperation between different countries, we may have better support for the recovery of the consumptions and the demand. And in this regard,、uh, if we can try to improve the confidence of the people, the markets, and the governments, it will be 
better to strengthen the import and export. Well, for the other uh, angle, I would see that China is uh, trying to open more and trying to import more things from many other countries, where uh, many countries are believe it's a kind of very important measures for them to discover, and that is well helpful for them also to improve their income and abilities to import more things from China and other countries. Mm. And what do you expect for the fiscal and the monetary policy in the second? Half of this year, for the these policies are the main tools that the governments can do. Actually, I, I think there will be more coordination in between them. If we are trying to improve the confidence, we should try to make the market believe that we can、uh, supply with a better public investment infrastructure and services. So in this regard. The investment from the government is important, but when we are trying to make the market more efficient, we should try to、uh, you know set up a better mechanism, and not only by the setup, but also trying to make its performance better in the following times of the operation. So in this regard, I think it's a very important thing for us to coordinate in between these policies. While、uh, one of the most important thing is that we we should try to also、uh, increase the income. Of the government because it is it should be sustainable not only for the consumers and the markets.、Mm. And、uh, what's the current state of the real estate sector? How to better you know meet the residents' essential housing demand and at the same time advance the sound development of China's real estate market? Yes,、uh, if you are looking at the price of the real estate is not as high as the past, or some cities are.、Uh, the, Declining about the real estate prices, I think it's a、uh, it's a very important turnover point for the market to change from the, the some of the investment demand to are more、uh, you know for the for the people who really want them to 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 live in the houses. So in this regard, I think that、uh, many changes are happening, and these changes are really impacting the you know the structure of the economy and also the the, the relationship between the different sectors. Including the steel and the aluminum and different materials, and also the contractors all around China.、Mm. And I do want to take a look at the long term for China's economy because there will always be short-term economic and business fluctuations in any economy. But long term, Dr. Zhou, do you see the consistent focus on China pursuing the high-quality development? I think it's very important for the high quality development because we should try to identify what we can do. As you、uh, you mentioned about the digital economy, there are so many new possibilities. So in this regard, if we cannot、uh, continue with、uh, upgrade our economy structure, we cannot try to provide with、uh, some special and different products which can meet the new demand from many other countries. There will be more competition. And that is not good for the enterprises because there will be a very slim margin of、uh, profits for them. So in this regard, I think it's the same with our target to to recover not only from the COVID but also trying to improve the, the better quality of the development and be more sustainable in the economy of the digital time and also for the low carbon development. Dr. Zhou Mi was the Chinese Academy of International Trade and Economic Cooperation talking to my colleague Zhao Yang. You are listening to World Today. Stay tuned. Hello, my name is Alessandro Golombievski Teixeira. I'm a professor of public policy management at Tsinghua University in Beijing. I am a great listener of the World Today. In my opinion, the World Today is one of the best China radio programs. In the world today, we can get the best news and analysis in what is happening now in the world. So please come to join us. You are listening to World Today. I'm Ding Hen in Beijing. Chinese President Xi Jinping has sent a congratulatory message to Cambodian Prime Minister Hun Sen for his victory in a general election. Xi Jinping acknowledged that Hun Sen's ruling party has ensured political stability and economic development in Cambodia, pledging that China will continue to support Cambodia taking a development path in accordance with its own national conditions.
The Chinese president also said he is willing to work with Hansen in building a China-Cambodia community with a shared future into a new era featuring high standards. Prime Minister Hun Sen and his ruling Cambodian People's Party won 120 out of the 125 contested seats in Sunday's in Sunday's general election. Joining us now on the line is Dr. Rong Ying, Vice President and a Senior Research Fellow with the China Institute of International Studies. Thank you very much for joining us. Ah,、uh, thank you for having me. So. Cambodian media reports that this、uh, election victory will pave the way for Mr. Hang Sen to transfer power to his eldest son, which could, you know, occur as soon as next month. So, what does such a scenario mean to the China-Cambodia relations? Well, I think the、uh, the、uh, changes, if it the possible or future changes. Uh, in terms of leadership, if that happens,、uh, would have no uh, uh, sort of impact on the solid, stable, and indeed profound relationship and friendship between China and Cambodia. I understand that、um, over the past、uh, years, the media has been reporting that、uh, Prime Minister Hun Sen has.、Uh, um, Prepare the ground.、Um, they also, I think,、uh, publicly endorsed his elder son, General Hong Monat, for the、uh, scenario or the for the、uh, possible succession of、mm. uh, the prime minister. And I think Prime Minister himself also reported said that at some point after this election, he will hand over、uh, his power to General Hong Monat. But as I said, that uh, would uh, nobody would.、Uh, Would I think、uh, speculate that it would have、uh, such significant or fundamental sort of impact in terms of the relationship? Rather, I would believe that the relationship would even go stronger and stronger. Hmm. So, by the way,、um, do you agree in this、uh, in this point by President Xi Jinping that Prime Minister Hun Sen and his ruling party has ensured a A large degree of political stability and growing prosperity for Cambodia. Yeah, I think facts、uh, speak much louder、mm. than anything, right? And、uh, in the past、uh, four decades, almost、uh, about four decades,、uh, when Prime Minister Hun Sen was in power, we have seen、uh, Cambodia has emerged. From a country of instability, conflict,、uh, poverty, into、uh, one of the I think promising,、uh, fast developing country in the region in terms of political stability, economic development, and I think improvement of people's livelihood. In the meantime, it also play a more important role in regional uh, uh, politics, in regional. Uh, to pursue a regional agenda, so I thought that、uh, that is uh, uh, the reality. Having said that, we all know that、uh, no country or no model of development is perfect.、Uh, Cambodia, like other countries in the world, is still exploring, is working very hard、uh, to find a road that suits its national conditions. And by and in the meantime, by pursuing an independent, uh, peaceful uh, diplomacy, by working together with neighbors and ASEAN and the world at large. In this regard, I think China has been very much enjoyed a close relationship, and more importantly, I think China has pledged, like President Xi said, would continue to work together to help, uh, uh, to to for mutual support for win-win cooperation. Hmm. Okay. So, of course, we understand. To Cambodia, China represents a dominant source of foreign direct investment. Last year, for instance, China contributed、uh, over ninety percent of the、uh, flow of FDI into this country. Now, some people, some observers, might argue or might describe Cambodia as a country that is. Within China's、uh, sphere of influence, for example, the the Pentagon in the United States has been 
suggesting or indicating for years that China is、uh, in the process of building a naval base in this country. What is your thought about this? Well, I think Pentagon has always、um, talked about its own、uh, agenda and its own <laughs> sort of. <laughs> so I think seeing a naval basis or whatever,、uh, I think basis they were looking for it's just exactly the agenda or the thinking of Pentagon of the United States. China has made it very clear and never seek any sphere of, of influence. And I think this is、uh, particularly true in terms of China's relationship with. Cambodia, which has been a profound, deep-rooted tradition. Remember, this year China and、uh, Cambodia marked the、uh, 50, excuse me, 65,、mm. uh, 65th anniversary of the founding of diplomatic relations. If you look at the past 65 years, I think the relationship has been undergoing, has been undergoing the, the I mean,、uh, the test of the ups and downs. Uh, and the changes uh, uh, in in the countries and also in the region, but the relationship has even become even stronger. I think now, as China and Cambodia are celebrating the 65th anniversary, they are determined、uh, to work together to pursue a kind of a community with shared future, uh, uh, with of uh, uh, high quality, high level, and high standard. And I think、uh, this is if there's any secret, if there's anything, I think China and Cambodia、uh, would be happy to show to showcase. It is, I think, the fact that despite the differences in terms of size, in terms of history, China and、uh, Cambodia has worked very closely、uh, for the study of a stable and relationship and to bring benefits. To、the people、mm. and the region. Okay, so if、um, alliance or sphere of influence, like you suggested, is, is now really the right kind of、um, vocabulary or phrases to describe China and Cambodia, what do you think is really the fundamental reason behind the close ties between the two? I mean, you talk about the historical reasons, their historical. You know, friendship bound, the friendship between the two sides. But some people might say, history is not really, you know, the the determining factor behind this. How would you respond? Well, certainly, history is not the only factor that determines、mm. the relations. But there's a lot of things I think we can learn from history, and history does tell.、Mm. Uh, I mean, testify to the fact, demonstrate to the fact that. China and Cambodia has been on a, a, a solid sort of process, solid trajectory for that cooperation. And I think talking about the vocabulary, that right vocabulary describes the relationship. There are many,、uh, but alliance, fair influence is certainly not the word. China and Cambodia are very proud、uh, of the relationship. We call them ourselves. I, I'm. So the brother and the steel sisters, or whatever you can call the relationship, has been very much on a solid basis. Has been really、uh, I'm claimed, claimed、uh, to the extent that I think this、uh, uh, the vicissitudes of international regional development would not affect the overall relationship. It is the, if the only if there's any secret, I would say that mutual respect and win-win cooperation, and this is of course the.、Uh, Spirit of the five principles of peaceful coexistence, I think that's been guiding China. And、mm. despite the ups and the downs, the relationship has always been very solid, very good, and very much and forward、uh, oriented. Okay, yeah. Thank you as always. That was Dr. Zhongying, Vice President and a Senior Research Fellow with the China Institute of International Studies. More to come. China is urging Japan not to disrupt chip industry after technology curves take effect on the part of the Tokyo government. And according to NASA scientists, the year 2024 is likely is likely to be hotter than this year because of El Nino effects. So, if you want to listen to this episode again or to catch up on our previous episodes, download our podcast by searching World Today. We'll be back after a short break. 
Welcome back. You're listening to World Today. I'm Ding Hen in Beijing. The Israeli Parliament has passed a law stripping the Supreme Court of the power to block government decisions. All members of the governing coalition have voted in favor of this bill, while all opposition lawmakers walked out of the chamber as the vote was taking place. Huge crowds of angry protesters have gathered, attempting to block access to the parliament building. The law is the first part of a planned judicial overhaul being pushed through by Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. And in the meantime, other parts of the judicial overhaul would give Net- would give Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's coalition more control over the appointment of judges. And would remove independent legal advisers from government ministries. The planned overhaul has sharply divided the Israeli society. Now, for more, I earlier spoke with Dr. Wang Jing, a Middle East expert with Northwest University in Xi'an, China. Thank you very much for joining us today. Now, first of all, Netanyahu was forced to put this、uh, judicial overhaul on hold earlier this year. In your observation, why did he resume it earlier this month?、Uh, well, I, I, actually, as you mentioned, that Netanyahu pushed forward some、uh, similar but bigger、uh, reform plan、uh, earlier this year, but against the very large wave of the protests all across Israel,、uh, that he has to、uh, give it up、uh, also at the、uh, very early of this year. But then, after several months, he actually, on the one hand, his team transformed and re. Uh, this kind of the reform plan、uh, separates the very big plan, very comprehensive plan, into the very very concrete and small plan. So that is the the, the reform plan, which is the reform plan that we are witnessing right now,、uh, being passed in Israeli Parliament, which is also called Knesset. And then on the other hand,、uh, according to some, maybe according to Netanyahu and his、uh, his team, that、uh, they believe that after several months of calm and several months of peace. Uh, some people might have already forgot,、uh, forgotten、mm. about the the, the very、uh, con- the crisis inside Israel. So they, that that is why they hope to push forward this reform plan at this time.、Mm. Now, considering the protests, strikes, petitions, as well as、uh, those legal challenges being prepared or have already been launched by some、uh, associations against this latest law passed. How how would you evaluate the prospect of you know the the rest part of this planned judicial overhaul being passed by the Israeli government?、Uh, I think it will continue. The the the, the passing of the new law will continue、mm-hmm. uh, a very uh, bomb. It continues to be a kind of the timing bomb for Israeli society because、uh, on the one hand it's. Uh, it's although the, the the passing of the the, the law in the Knesset does not necessarily mean that it could be enacted very、uh, successfully in the future,、uh, because some of the social groups and the political parties are still uh, strongly uh, criticizing this、uh, this reform plan, and they believe that they hope to mobilize much bigger power to、uh, to voice their uh, uh, opposition voices. And they, on the other hand. Uh, we have to know that uh, this uh, reform plan actually led to the very core problem of Israel. That is how this country should be constructed. What is kind of relations between the political system and the government? So I think in the future more protests will be continue, and the more crisis might be、uh, lies underneath this kind of、uh, the, 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 the reform plan process. So、uh, I think more uncertainties might arise. Mm. So, like you suggested, this fierce debate surrounding this planned judicial overhaul has really turned into a sort of battle over the,、uh, the the founding principle or over the soul of the Israeli state, pitting a coalition on the part of the right wing religious groups against the you know the the liberal secular parts of the Israeli society. So, do you think Israel is near a constitutional crisis, so to speak?、Uh, I think it might be. We can we can we can say that because first of all, Israel does not have a constitution. Israel just only has a basic law, a set of、uh, laws that、uh, are organized into the basic law. And, but now, Israel does not have a, a very、uh, comprehensive constitution. 
So we can call it the constitution crisis because when they're talking about constitution crisis, it means uh, how this, as you mentioned, how the, the basic values should be in this country and what is the most fundamental uh, beliefs uh, in this Israeli society. But now there's still a lot of uh, crisis, lots of debates, lots of discussions. So actually this uh, reform actually led to the debates much more apparent and much more crisis will be emerge will 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 emerge i think uh, based upon these discussions and the debates and the criticism and the protests and the demonstrations in the future mm, okay so as a matter of fact the number of palestinian militants and civilians killed in the occupied west bank by israeli forces is really at its um, highest level in nearly two decades. And of course, in the meantime, the same is also true of the Israeli civilians killed by uh, Palestinian attacks. So what's the ramification of this planned judicial overhaul in Israel to this conflict between Israel and um, Palestine? I think the ramification or this reform plan will lead to more uh, crisis much more a very direct crisis because traditionally uh, Israeli Supreme Court and the Israeli uh, juridical system, they are the very important checking powers for uh, the Israeli government and Israeli uh, Knesset. Uh, because when, 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 when Israeli government, they made some, some kind of very aggressive and controversial foreign policies towards the Palestinians, when the Israeli Knesset they passed a law that is also very aggressive and assertive to the Palestinians, uh, some of Palestinians and Israeli left-wing groups, they will submit the op- opposition opinions to the Israeli Supreme Court. And then the Israeli local courts or the Supreme Courts, they will uh, give the kind of the, the, the opinion to reject this, the, the legitimacy of the Israeli decision, uh, government decision and Israeli parliament laws. And now with the very uh, new uh, reform plan, the authority of the Israeli uh, courts will be very largely limited. So in the future, I think that will mean more danger and more uncertainty between Israelis and the Palestinians in the future. Okay. So the White House, including U.S. President Joe Biden himself, um, has openly voiced opposition or at least the concern about this planned overhaul in Israel. So how do you think... Uh, the plan overhaul would have an impact on the ties between Israel and uh, the United States. Uh, yeah, yeah, you, this is it will uh, of course uh, significantly uh, negatively influence the, the relations between uh, Tel Aviv and Washington because uh, on the one hand we have to know when Netanyahu is on the power of uh, prime minister and uh, when the United States uh, White House is occupied uh, uh, by the Democrats. That there, the, the tension will always be there. Uh, for example, the, when, when, when we go back to the era of uh, Barack Obama, uh, the tension was there. And when the, the now the time is uh, Joe Biden, the tension is still there. So there were always tension. And on the other hand, uh, Joe Biden has already stressed many times that uh, he hopes that he's uh, really uh, suspended this kind of the reform plan. Uh, but uh, but I don't think that Netanyahu will follow his follow the, the the so-called suggestions from Washington. So I think it we suggested the bigger divisions between the two governments, and also in the future more divisions might emerge uh, between the two sides. Mm, but if somehow there is a Republican president sitting at the over office in uh, in Washington D.C., probably the the situation will be different, right? Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> okay. So, in fact, curtailing the power of the government's judicial branch is something we are seeing right now, not only on the part of the Israeli society, but also in some particular EU countries like Hungary and Poland. So, in your understanding or in your observation, do you think having this kind of a rethinking about the so-called checks and balance, about the separation of power, yes, a growing political trend in the world today? Yes, exactly, as you were right. Uh, for Israeli, the, the, the supporting opinions are also uh, claiming the same, the same thing, because they believe that more and more countries are trying to uh, strengthen strengthening the, the, the authority of government and strengthening the, the authority of their parliament and the limiting the, the, the authority of the, the juridical system. 
because this is right, because uh, when we are talking about the efficiency of the, the, the political system, it, uh, we have to know that the efficiency, uh, to a large extent, depends upon the authority of the government. So, for example, when the government decision is uh, limited by the Supreme Court and other juridical system, it might lead to the very low efficiency. Uh, so I think it might be a trend, and because more and more countries they are trying to start their political uh, authority, try to readjust their relations between the juridical system and the government and also the lawmaking system. So it might be a trend, not only in Israel but also some in you know, some in European countries and maybe other uh, parts of the world. So so let's wait and see what will happen next. Dr. Wang Jing, a Middle East expert with Northwest University in Xi'an, China. This is World Today. We'll be back. Hello, I am Dr. Digby James Wren, a political analyst and international relations scholar specializing in China area studies. World Today offers unmatched in-depth perspectives on China's politics, economics, business, technology, and society. World Today's team of reporters and contributors provides valuable information from all of the world's major economies. I hope you can join me on World Today for the very best insights and news from China on China and help to build a better understanding of China's role in the world today. You are listening to World Today. I'm Ding Han in Beijing. China has urged Japan not to disrupt the semiconductor industry. Foreign Ministry spokesperson Mao Ning said on Monday that China regrets the curbs on exports of Japanese chip-making technology. Mao Ning called on Japan to prevent relevant measures from interfering with the normal semiconductor industry cooperation between China and Japan. The Japanese restriction took effect on Sunday. They limit Chinese access to tools for etching microscopical small circuits on advanced chips for smartphones, artificial intelligence, and other applications. And for your information, this action is part of a bigger deal that the United States signed with the Netherlands and Japan earlier this year. So joining us now on the line is Dr. Mike Bastian, a China observer and a senior lecturer with the University of Southampton in the UK. Thank you very much for joining us. Hello. So Tokyo claims that China is only one of the many countries and regions that would be subject to this particular export control. But observers would,、um, frankly speaking, would generally agree that Japan. Is aligning itself with the U.S. policy, namely the U.S. chip technology restrictions against China. So, what will Japan gain in return by choosing to do so? Well, it's a good question. I mean, in the short term, I suspect they think they will gain、uh, access to other markets, and like you say, that they will gain favor with the Americans and, to a certain extent, join forces with. American companies and, and the, the American semiconductor industry. I think that they feel that they, they will、um, create、uh, an opportunity for more competitive advantage. But in the long term, if they look seriously at what they're doing, they're really looking to, to disrupt、uh, the entire industry for everybody, and they really uh, don't uh, seem to be aware that they, they themselves won't be much better off. You know, we're in a world where we need to encourage multilateral trade. We don't want restrictions. We don't want barriers. So I, I think they really need to, to, to think again, and also think about being genuinely independent of the American.、Mm. Now, some media outlets uh, like uh, Reuters have recently reached out to some、uh, particular Japanese chip tool makers,、uh, which are supposed to be, you know, targeted in this round of、uh, export control, and several of them have said to media that. Uh, this latest、um, export controls will have a limited business impact. Do you think these claims on the part of these corporations are are convincing? I don't think they are. It remains to be seen. I mean, they wouldn't put export controls in place,、uh, carefully designed、uh, with U.S. backing, unless they felt that they would gain some sort of、uh, basically unfair advantage. And some gain will be there. So limited impact, I think, is, is not convincing.、Uh, and I think it could be the start of, you know, some sort of tip at that trade war.、Uh, and if the impact is limited, they may increase the restrictions somehow. So it, it's not really very, very convincing. And, and again, it's, it's really for the Japanese to look at themselves and look at what they're doing.
and looked for trade partnerships and trade deals and bring down barriers across Asia, particularly with their the neighbor with, with China. Hmm. So we understand actually, you know, from a historical perspective, Japanese industries, for example, Japanese、um, car making industry was actually targeted by. Um, historical U.S. you know trade restrictions or trade sanctions or U.S. tariffs in the 1980s because an economically stronger Japanese uh, industry is uh, was uh, unacceptable for U.S. politicians at the time.、Um, now, if we talk take a look at the situation today, judging from the case of semiconductor industry, Mike, do you think?、Um, Tokyo have、um, independent trade or industrial policies. I, I don't think so. No, I think the the, yeah, the historical perspective you paint, I think, is very, very interesting and very, very important, very relevant. And and I think what Tokyo really needs to do, the Japanese government really needs to do, is accept the fact that they are where they are in the world. They are part of Asia, and their economy needs. To reach into neighbouring Asian economies and particularly China, and work with these countries to bear for, for mutual benefit. So I, I think they've been led down a sort of garden path by the Americans.、Uh, and again, where the Americans are concerned, they have to accept that you know they're not the sort of <laughs> the sole superpower anymore. They're not the world's mega dominant economy, and China is an opportunity. Not a threat, very much an opportunity. China's what wonders when it comes to high technology, particularly semiconductor industry,、uh, and a lot of the major brands and research institutions are based in China, and that is an opportunity for both Japan and the U.S. And Japan really needs to see China as a trade partner and be independent, much, much more of the the American and sort of the Western European economies as well.、Mm. So the role of geopolitics or geopolitical rivalry in the semiconductor industry is very clear now, which can, of course, prove to be very disruptive. But what about other industries? Do you think other industries like、uh, artificial intelligence or you know、uh, development of the renewable energy, these industries which are important to our future? Do you think they these sectors are also facing the risk of being disrupted or damaged or curtailed by a similar geopolitical focused zero sum mentality? I'm afraid it's possible. I mean, if you look at the AI industry, if you look at renewable energy sources, electric cars, electric batteries, you will see that that China has. Uh, become very, very strong, very competitive, and 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 lead the world, lead the American,、um, with with high level research、um, and and high tech companies. The biggest ones are, are Chinese. Now, what the world, the Japanese, the Americans, and others need to do is see this as an opportunity, not a threat, and and that's exactly what it is. So, so I, I do feel in the short term there may be some very naive, disrupting、uh, policies, trade barriers, etc. Export restriction,、uh, but I think in the longer term, people will realise that we're in this together, and this is an opportunity, and we need to work together across、uh, across the world, and in particular across Asia. So, so I'm afraid that there could be, but let's hope common sense prevails, and the Japanese, in particular, have a real rethink about what they they're doing when it comes to semiconductors. Hmm. Thank you, as always. That was Dr. Mike Bastian, a China observer and a senior lecturer at the University of Southampton. You are listening to World Today. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Einar Tangen, a political and economic analyst and senior fellow at the Independent Taihe Institute. World Today is news without the hype and business commentary that is informed and up to date. Presenting the facts and asking incisive questions. So, join us if you are someone who needs to know what is happening in China as it is happening. NASA scientists have recently warned that next year will likely be even hotter for the planet. Gavin Smith, director of the NASA Goddard Institute for Space Studies, says El Nino has only just started in recent months. 
Therefore, it is not having a huge impact yet on the extreme heat that people are experiencing globally in the current summer. And for your information, El Nino is the natural climate pattern in the tropical Pacific that brings warmer than average sea surface temperatures. There is said to be a 50/50 chance that 2023 this year will be the warmest year on record, but it is likely that 2024 will exceed it precisely because of El Nino's impact. So joining us now on the line is Ma Jun, director of the Institute of Public and Environment Affairs, a Beijing-based NGO. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So, what do you make of this particular projection by NASA scientists? Yes, most of the Chinese、um, meteorologists also came to this, have come to the same conclusion. But、um, you know, the last three years we have、uh, consecutive. Years of、uh, La Nina、uh, effect,、mm-hmm. uh, which means that、uh, the mid and central um, uh, Pacific uh, along the tropical regions are actually cooler、um, than usual, and uh, that has uh, uh, helped to uh, uh, to actually keep the、uh, global temperatures cooler.、Uh, although it's not really cool, but uh, but it's.、Um, Mm. Um, it, it, it's it's curved the、uh, temperature rise, but,、uh, but earlier this year we have seen the end of the La Nina effect, and、um, actually、um, uh, we're we're seeing a transition quickly into the El Nino、um, effect, which means that the the same、um, sea region is actually the surface water is getting warmer,、yeah. and、um, uh, more so more heat will be released into the Um, uh, atmosphere and、um, uh, and help to to keep uh, to uh, actually exacerbate uh, the uh, the warming、uh, mm. effect, global warming effect.、Mm. Uh, so as a result, you know, this year, I think we're only going to see a uh, real uh, uh, El Nino effect toward the end of this year, and、uh, so there's a bigger chance that next year. Uh, we will see a、um, a, a mid to、uh, to strong uh, uh, maybe strong El Nino effect.、Um, uh, mid level means that、uh, the sea water will be two degrees above the average, and、um, and and if it is strong, it's about two point five degrees. So、um, so next year there's a bigger chance for next year to be to be even hotter than this year. Okay, thank you for putting that into perspective.、Um, so, of course, El Nino is just a natural climate pattern. However, a new analysis recently by the World Weather Attribution Initiative shows that extreme heat waves are made significantly more likely by this human-caused climate crisis. So I guess this would probably mean that extreme heat waves will only become sort of、um, new normal in the near future, in the years ahead. So when we talk about solutions or possible preparations, in addition to reducing planet heating pollution, what else can countries or cities do to better prepare themselves for this、uh, heat wave? Yeah, heat wave is absolutely getting more frequent.、Um, uh, last year, we have、uh, we have seen heat wave、uh, along the、uh, extreme heat wave、uh, along the Yangtze River Valley、uh, during the monsoon season, and、yeah. then this year、uh, in the North China Plain,、um, and also、uh, in many other parts of the world,、uh, in America, in Europe as well,、um, and、uh, this is caused.、Uh, Um, yes, partially by the transition toward El Nino, but、uh, but a bigger elephant is the global warming.、Um, uh, in comparison with the with the temperature before the pre、um, pre industrial、um, uh, era,、uh, the current temperature is 1.1、uh, degree Celsius above that. So so the basis is getting much higher. And、uh, so we have to、uh, prepare for、uh, for a more frequent extreme heat wave.、Uh, to prepare for that, um, um, 
partially we can what we can do is to develop a better monitoring uh, mechanism and early give early warning. Uh, of course, also help uh, um, people to access cheap and uh, and low carbon uh, energy, so that uh, they can um, make ways to uh, to to keep themselves cooler, and then also to provide uh, uh, more low carbon uh, buildings. You know, better better buildings. Uh, so all these are uh, preparations that we can make. Hmm. So this is a question from a layman like me, maybe a little unprofessional. But do you think in the future we will be able to develop a sort of technology to, you know, store this heat during the summer heat wave, which can be later on utilized for winter heating purposes? Yeah, in some way, you know, our land, uh, particularly the sea, is actually absorbing a lot of heat.、Uh, you know. And the um, uh, the sea is also absorbing the the carbon dioxide and、uh, the uh, greenhouse gases.、Mm. Uh, unfortunately, as a result,、uh, um, the 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 sea is getting more、uh, higher level of acidity and causing the bleaching of the coral reef, for example. Yeah.、Um, but in the meantime, the the sea is getting much warmer. You know, now the、uh, the sea temperature this year. Not just in the Pacific region, but、uh, in the North Atlantic as well. It's way beyond average. We have entered an era that we never have seen this before. Over the past more than forty years, we have never seen sea level,、uh, sea temperature, surface sea temperature getting so warm. They absorb this, and then they're going to release that. And uh, uh, of course, you ask you ask about whether there's a Artificial way to do that. We,、um, you know, I think one of the ways、uh, is about、uh, say the heat pump, um,、mm. uh, heat pump uh, uh, to tap into the uh, uh, all this heat stored in the、uh, in the underground, uh, and then uh, during the uh, you know to uh, for for uh, electricity uh, for for cooling in the summertime and.、Uh, And and so for heating during the winter time as well. So, so that's already being used.、Uh, but more, you know,、mm. kind of more feasible way is to、yeah. store, catch, capture, and store the、uh, greenhouse gases.、Mm. Thank you. That's Ma Jun, director of the Institute of Public and Environment Affairs. I'm Ding Hen in Beijing. Thank you so much for listening. Bye for now.